Welcome to the Rattler Roundtable. I'm your host, James Nevadas. Let's get started. I have a special co-host for this episode of the Rattler Roundtable. Andrew Fernandez, how are you? Thank you, James. I'm doing well, and I'm excited to be a part of the Rattler Roundtable, especially with our guest, John Walsh, the new head football coach and athletic director of San Marcos. Yeah, I love that excitement, Andrew. You know, the name John Walsh has a lot of clout in the athletic realm, but people want to know who he is. So who is John Walsh? Yeah, I think that's a good question. You know, I just kind of covered that when I introduced myself to the staff for the first time. Um, I think I, I'm a people person, and, um, and it's, I'm about relationships. And I think my people skills, I, I, I kind of, as I was putting my introduction together, my, I, I kind of taught myself where my people skills came from. I was an Air Force brat, so I traveled about every four years from born in New Jersey, lived in Delaware, spent four years in Spain, four years in Florida, two years in Australia, and then back to Texas is where my dad retired. So I had to, as a young kid, I had to, uh, you know, leave friends, meet new friends in, in, in a big cycle. So I think that's where I, I learned how to build relationships. And, and so it's worked for me in the coaching world. But I, I would say if you're asking who I am at the core in everyday life, is just a, I'm a people person, players coach, coaches coach, that kind of guy. So, Coach, not all of us um, are well-known around Texas as you are, you know, in the Texas high school football world. You know, you even have a, a fake John Walsh Twitter <laughs> account. We're not, we're not all as fortunate or unfortunate to have that. Correct. You know, but what, what keeps you grounded? What, what, how do you stay humble through this process? Yeah, that's easy. You know, I, will, I do want to clarify the fake John Walsh account, and I do have zero control over that. So if something is uh, not – not right. It, wasn't, it didn't come from me, and I, that's 100%. But now, to stay grounded, you know, we're in the kid business. So, uh, you know, the, all the, I guess you would say, the popularity of our programs have come because of our success, you know. But I think, uh, man, I, I got in this, kind of back to the original question, I got in this because of the people. And then when you're around, when, when you're in the kid business and, and you build relationships with young men and young women, like we do, they keep you grounded in a hurry. They, they have real life issues. They have real life uh, good things going on in their lives. So they, they just, you know, just from, you know, eating breakfast to what they watched on TV last night, you know, you, that, that's where you're grounded. Good answer, good answer. History shapes our future. Give us a little insight into what it was like at Denton Geyer and what was it really like making all those state appearances? Yeah, so you know, it, it was a it was a ground floor job. I took the job at Denton. It was a brand new school, and so when I when I drove up to even see if I wanted to apply for the job, all I saw was slab. There was not even walls going up yet. Couldn't even see the field house. It was mud. Uh, it was raining that day. My wife and I drove around. Um, so I got the bill when when that superintendent gave me the the budget for the for the building from the bond. Uh, it was just a big number, and go build it, and go buy carpet, go buy chairs, go buy weights, go hire coaches. So I got to hire every coach for 15 years. So I really got to build that thing uh, in my personality from the ground up, you know. And and there was rough, lean years. And we went we went a year of no varsity play, and then we went one in 19, you know. So it didn't like it's not like we came in and shocked the world. I mean, we were we were uh, man, we were getting hammered on Friday nights and. Uh, there were 40 people in the stands. I could hear every word they said, you know, and it wasn't ever, it wasn't ever good, you know. So, uh, so as we turned it and we started making the, you know, going to the semi six times, making four title appearances, I, had, I really appreciated it because I can remember 15 years ago when it was a slab 
there were 40 people in the stands, and we were one in 19. So I had a great appreciation for uh, getting there. Matter of fact, when we would win big playoff games or titles, I would always just kind of step back and not not. I, I wasn't celebrating. I wanted to watch everybody else kind of get that feel for it because uh, I was at the I was the very first hire to get that thing rolling. So it was it was those titles were very um, uh, satisfying. How important is grit as a character trait in your program? Yeah, so grit, you know, the, just the human spirit's important, you know. Uh, there's lots of X's and O's that you can do. There's a lot of smart football coaches. But when, in our interview, Andrew was in it, you know, I think just the, you can coach the human spirit, grit, toughness, play hard, intensity. Um, now, I think, the, I think the great coaches match their schemes to those adjectives. You know, you can say we're going to be tough, but if you're not running a tough offense or defense, then it's just not going to match. So I think we have the formula that schemes match our, our grit and our toughness. All right, Coach, I found that good leaders adjust their style to fit the person that they are leading. What does that look like from your perspective with so many varying personality types and maturity levels? Yeah, that's great. You know, because my leadership style is different than what Coach Sutter's leadership style is going to be. So uh, I think that what I've learned is uh, through this process the last week and a half is uh, there's good people here in San Marcos. You know, so I'm, I'm, I'm talking to coaches that are here. Uh, and and it takes all styles. The leader, I think, if you're if you're running a business or an insurance company, uh, whatever you're running, it's got to be the leader's personality. But it takes a lot of different personalities to make that puzzle really be effective. So um, I don't cap leadership. I think it's key that you don't uh, you don't have captains. You don't have you know these two guys are in charge underneath me. You know because then then you cap your leadership and you don't have a lot of leadership. So. Uh, I just leave responsibility laying around all, the, all, the, all, all over the place. And if a kid wants to grab it, he grabs it and he becomes a leader. If a coach grabs it, he grabs it and he becomes a leader. And if you don't grab it, then, then, then you're just not going to grow in the business or the program. Man, that's awesome. Uh, first impression of San Marcos. You know, we're sitting here in the press box, beautiful view of San Marcos. You also walk into an indoor yeah. football facility or multi-use facility, and then the weight room speaks for itself. What was your first impression seeing our facilities? Yeah, so I cheated, Andrew. I, uh, before I even applied, I drove down to check it out, you know. So, um, and that's what you see. You know, I knew about the city of San Marcos because uh, we come down. We would come down and float the river and hang out for a weekend, you know, just back when we were young adults and did it when we were, I think, two years ago. I spoke at a clinic down here, um, and we and we did the same thing. So, man, it's all, it, it really is an awe when you look at it. You know, I've brought some coaches up to try to hire, and it's you sell it. I mean, just before you even see a kid or meet a person, uh, you're in a great city, and they have phenomenal resources as far as facilities go. But what I've been really pleased with and what I've learned is, like on staff, everybody, you know, most of the time a kid graduates and they go to college and they want to get away from home. It just seems like, you know, Everybody comes back to San Marcos. You know, there's three guys on the staff that were that were players here. You know, and um, I go eat at a restaurant, and there's there's just families everywhere. You know, there's there's names that yeah, I'm I'm, you know, I've been here since then. I own this, so it's you can tell it's when I say one horse town in a family atmosphere. It, I, I I think I hit a jackpot on that on that part of it. You talked about that in your interview. You know, you talked about building a program from the ground up. You know, why is uh you know one horse town? Why is that? something that stood out to you? 
Yeah, it's it's when you when you coach in a in a uh, multi-school district, there's a lot. Man, Denton was unbelievable. I mean, it was a great place to work for. Uh, Jamie Wilson, the superintendent, was an awesome leader. I learned a lot of leadership style from him. Um, but just being able to make it K through 12, being able to walk into an elementary school um, and not worrying about, you know, do all the kids go to school here? Do they go over there? Um, you know, I'm, I, you don't want to promote something that causes friction within a school district. Everything here is unison. You know, everything here, everybody should like being, you know, I, I think the parents in the city and, and, the, and the school district, you know, when, when we're when we're trying to make it a K through 12 program, athletic, rather athletics, that everybody's on board, you know, and uh, it, that's just a, it's a very healthy environment. So what does that building look like? You know, what should parents expect to see from you and your staff to build that K through 12? Yeah, program? so I think what you're going to see is just connecting my biggest, the biggest attribute you can do is just connect the high school kids to the elementary kids. And in the bridge, I've always said there's a Golden Gate Bridge in the in the sixth grade to seventh grade and you got the brooklyn bridge the best two bridges in america they they kind of link the middle school from the elementary to the high school and um and there's several programs we'll put in place you know and where there's and it's really not just the high school kids you know mentoring an elementary kid it's really the elementary kid teaching a high school kid how to communicate because half these kids at high school don't they're, they're on their phone they don't know how to communicate but if you're linked to a junior rattler and he's a third grade he's going to ask you something silly and you got to answer it you can't just stare at him you know and or text him real quick you got to talk to him so it's going to be those kind of programs uh, i love i hope i come to a, a girls soccer game and we got junior rattlers everywhere you know and just watching their their senior rattler play you know so programs like that and just really understanding the bridge of the middle school and and what how important it is i think connect is a great word it really sums up connecting with people for relationships it sums up connecting with students for building a learning ecosystem think about connecting with a different career track is there another profession that you would like to be doing if you're not an athletic director or head coach who uh well that's funny because you know, when I resigned at Denton, uh, it happened right before it happened before with the quarantine took place, and uh, and so I was planning on you know just finding this one horse town that I was seeking out, and then all of a sudden a quarantine happened, and I thought so the school business stopped, the whole world stopped, so I kind of went in a little panic mode for three weeks there, thinking what am I going to do until the next hiring cycle, December or January, and and I and I was actually into a software sales company. It's a buddy of mine, but. Uh, that's not the answer because I kept thinking about myself in a suit and tie and, and, and software sales. I said, no, that's, that's just not it. So I, you know what? That's a, that's a great question. I usually have all the answers, James, and I don't have the answer to that because all I've known is coaching and people. Um, it had to be in the people world somehow, and I can't imagine doing anything else. What was your motivation into getting into coaching? It all started with, you know, it all started with the relationship part. You know, I love, of course I love sports, you know, uh, and the, the people that actually jump into coaching as a young kid in college because of the sport are the ones that just aren't very successful and they don't figure out the relationship part. But I just had great relationships with my teammates in high school, my, uh, my coaches in high school. And then when I went to college, I played in a small school, Division Three at McMurray. And uh, my head coach, he did every, he had every checklist. He was high character. Uh, he built relationships with, with, with myself and all the other teammates. And we weren't very good, and he turned it and built it. I think that's where my building, uh, you know, my fascination with building programs came from. Uh, so he kind of nailed the coffin in it and said, all right, I, I, I want to I do what he's doing. 
you know, James and I were multi-sport athletes, really good athletes, Division One offers, whether you believe that or not. Um, <laughs> talk a little bit about multi-sport athletes, and were you a multi-sport athlete? What sports did you play? What positions did you play growing up? Yeah, man, I, was, I came from Merkel High School, and we're 3A, so we did everything. I went from football to basketball, and then when basketball's over, I'd go through off season, and we have track practice, and then baseball didn't start till like six because it's waiting for us to get there. So, uh, yeah, we did it all, all the whole time. And in college, I did run track for a year along with playing football, and I was a receiver um, by nature. I played quarterback my senior year. Uh, I, I was okay at that. I could run. Uh, I wasn't a great thrower, but – uh, and then in college, I played receiver and played a little bit DB, actually. Uh, so that, that's my athletic background. But, yes, that – man, I'm a big proponent of just playing multiple sports. You know, I think you have to – in all in – all, what they'll learn in San Marcos here is um, I think the weight room is important. I don't care what sport you're playing. You have to be physically strong. Uh, and there will always be a plan for kids that play multi-sports uh, to still get strong. It don't have to be a football offseason or, or necessary, but – There'll always be a plan in place, but I hope I hope our best players here. I don't know them yet very well. I hope our best players are playing multiple sports because uh, that's how you're successful in more in, in multiple in multiple arenas. Andrew and I work out a little bit here and there, but it's not the same as training for a sport. Do you have a stance on sports specific training? What does that look like? So that was my second slide, you know, and when I was talking to the staff. Um, I put, you know, how, you know, my, my leadership style to the leaders of the, uh, to all, every staff member in San Marcos heard this. And it had different, it had different items of how the culture needs to be right to win at the, at the level that I'm used to. And one of the last bullet was how we train. You can't just train, uh, you can't get on the internet and just, all right, we're going to do this. Or old school, you have to train the muscle groups and you have to move the muscle groups to what you, I got to give these examples. My daughter plays volleyball. Uh, she's coming here. She just happens to be really good at it. And uh, so when she was a, when my other daughter was in school, I had a volleyball coach. We'd be doing, um, uh, I'm thinking about her listening to this, but it's okay. Uh, we, we, were, we were doing, we were in football practice and they would come out and they would run 300s. So they would start and they would run 50 seconds nonstop. When a volleyball game, when that ball served, you're not doing anything over seven seconds. You're stopping, okay? So you're training in the wrong – and I would tell her, I said, you're training these girls in the wrong energy system. And there's, they're not, they're not going to do this in volleyball, you know? You're training to be a trackster or a cross country. Uh, and then so there's just functional movement that you need to do that are right. You know, if, if you watch the last dance with Michael Jordan every Sunday for about six Sundays, this came up. And it was when he went to go play baseball, the best trainer in the world, which was his trainer – talked about Michael you can't we have to we're going to have to train how we lift and and move because because basketball to baseball is totally different training and then when he came back to basketball if you remember he came back late in the season and he was so tired in the fourth quarter he couldn't finish because he did not train properly so yeah you have to train sport specific and and I and man we got I tell you man I've uh, I'm gonna give some credit to Andre Sierra who's here right now because I've talked to him about this very thing because I come from two very good strength guys. One's at OU right now that was with me at high school, and the one that's still there was, is phenomenal. And Andre's got it figured out. I mean, he, he understands these things. So I feel like the biggest blessing I've got coming into this job was meeting Andre and him understanding how to train. So um, I'm, I'm really pleased with that. Coach, you talked a little bit about um, a connection you have to OU. Talk about the connections you have with universities that will allow you to have conversations about our athletes 
playing at the next level. Yeah, it's, I've been very fortunate, you know, and, and I can throw this number out there because it's an impressive number. Since I've been coaching in 1995, probably started in 96, uh, I've been a, in a program that's put out 80 Division One football players, not even counting the other sports. Um, we have, a, we have a, one of my receivers, he plays, he's the starting point guard for OU right now. So it's in multiple sports. But we do have those connections in every level, Division Two, Division Three, uh, Anywhere there's given a scholarship, man, we've been into, and they're on my cell phone. That's why uh, someone said, you need to change your, your numbers to kind of start. I can't because of the college connections. I mean, I can just get on the phone and I can text Dabo Sweeney, hey, man, I got this quarterback you need to check out here, you know. And, um, it's 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 good and it's really good for our kids um, because that network is hard to get into because you can get on social net you can get on social network and you can get on Twitter and you see everybody kind of that is good those are good connections but they're not real connections that's just kind of starting the piece of you know is this you know you see a highlight video but when you can directly talk to a guy on the phone and, and just be real with them and and I think I have a sense of knowing, all right, you're Division One, you're Division Two, and you're, you need to go JUCO first. So uh, we got that map figured out. But it's um, it's and it, it's fun for me because I get to meet a lot of people, and it gives us it gives my coaches access into universities to grow. And even the local connection, you know, I I heard there's the backstory with Coach Spav. Talk yeah. a little bit about that. So I've met Spav. So there's locally we have two connections, really good. My son who plays at Oklahoma State, he's at Texas, and he's, he's working with uh, Coach Herman. And um, so Coach Spavital, he was a GA, uh, whatever my son is at Texas right now, he was at Oklahoma State for Dana Holgerson, uh, off, offensive quality control. They change all the names of those things all the time. Um, so he recruited JW um, in high school. So those two years of going up and making visits, I got to, I got to see Coach Spav on a, uh, when he was growing up through the college ranks. And then, of course, I, they, they moved to West Virginia, and he was at A&M. So I got to follow him and just kept in touch with him. Uh, so he's a – man, Sam Marcus is lucky because that guy can coach. He's got a great personality. He understands people too. I mean, he's, that's what sold me on him is uh, he could recruit, and he recruited on, on, a, on a good level and, and really connected with my son. I'm sure that connection was based on several aspects too. So what is the most important aspect of a championship team? Uh. Kind of, I would say trust, you know, and and I, I'm gonna tell our players this. I already have. We we had a we had a team Zoom meeting, and I told them I said, and I'm reading a book that's unbelievable. It's called The Speed of Trust, and it's it's kind of a business model. But it, and don't get this wrong. I'm not a reader. Whoever's listening to this, I'm not I'm not like a guy who's I'm not a book I'm not a book nerd. I just I, just, I don't do it. But this book has got my attention because coming into San Marcos and taking over this, you know, coaches have to trust pretty quick of the vision that we have coming in. Players have to trust. Uh, administration's got to trust because things are going to look different. And, you know, I'm going to be real compassionate in transition, but things are going to look different. But the slower they tr – I told the kids, I said, the average person is not a trusting person. The average person is going to be like, all right, Walsh has got this resume. Let's see what you got, big boy, you know, and kind of kind of hang back. And if, if that happens here, we're going to have average results because it's average people not, want, not taking a leap of faith. But – if the speed of trust is high, and 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 then there's not they're not taxing us. I'm not having to worry about going to a parent's house and talking to this kid's parent. We're getting to move forward, and we'll have results faster. And I think in the end, take the tail end of Geyer. When we were in championship games a lot, 
uh, it was just a trust factor. And I got a great quote from my running back who led the state last year in, in, in Russian and was our valedictorian at school. Uh, we're down 41 to 14. This is round two. We're down 41 to 14 against Cedar Hill with four minutes to go in the third quarter. So it's almost the fourth quarter. We're down 41 to 14. And, uh, man, at halftime, I just told the guys, I, we've been here before, you know, we're going we're gonna to kick some onside kicks. We're going to block some kicks. We're going to do something. We're going to make this happen. And uh, we do. We, we kick four onside kicks. We get three of them in the fourth quarter. We score every time. We stop them. We end up winning 50 to 41 against, against a top three team in the, in the state. And the running back during a Fox interview with Southwest, he just said, man, he said, I looked to the sideline, and I just trusted the coaches that were going to give, put us in the right spot. So that, that trust has got to happen at the beginning of the San Marcos. And if we're playing for titles sometime here, that trust has still got to be there. So I think trust is the number one component for a championship ball club. Trust is extremely important, but I think expertise is important as well. What do you do to build subject matter expertise? Yes. Were you in my uh, – you're asking the great question. You, you must have been in my in-service I just had because this – I'm good with these answers because you're asking the right questions. Uh, the, um, so you, I tell the guys all the time to be – you know, you have to have championship speak. You have to have championship walk. To be a championship coach, there's two things you have to have, and that is the relationship part. And, and I, went, I can go all – I can have – I can write a dissertation on that. But you have to be an expert at what you teach. You're not going to hear me say coach a whole lot because I think we, we are teachers of our of our um, of our discipline. You know, I'm, I'm a I don't know defense very well. I have to hire well on defense. You know, and if I hire well on defense, but I do think I'm an expert of offensive football and some part of special teams. So um, I think if you get a bunch of experts on your staff that can teach and an expert at what they know, not all of it. There's no way you can know all of it, but be an expert. Um, at what you're going to teach, and you can do those relationship building, then, uh, then, then, yeah, you have a chance. But yeah, you, you have to be you used to, you did it right. You have to be an expert at what you're teaching. He's a very technical guy. That's what we like about James. <laughs> what what should the community and what should families, what should teachers, what should student athletes expect to see from Rattler Athletics? You know, this coming school year. Yeah, uh, so in the building process, you're just going to see a lot of visible coaches, I think is the first. And I don't know how it's been, and I, I, and I tell everybody here that I don't, I don't really want to look back and ask how it's been. But I think you're going to see, to create the family atmosphere for Rattler Athletics, the leaders, which are the coaches of athletics, have to show that family atmosphere. So, um, I mean, it, I told our guys, we're going to make it a family affair. Tuesdays and Fridays, it's cheap entertainment. One, you get in free, coaches. You know, I think your family's getting free unless it's, something, unless it's different in San Marcos. But, uh, man, go f plan with your family, go eat, and then we're going to the gym. We're all going to sit together, and the people in San Marcos are going to say, man, all those coaches and their little kids are running around. And um, we have to present the family atmosphere from a coaching standpoint to actually make it a family atmosphere in the city. So I think what you're going to see is just the visibility of our coaches leading in that manner. And it may have been that way already, and it's going to be an easy easy transition. But that's, that's, the, that's the visual I have on Tuesday nights and Friday nights. I know I'm going – I'm asking my wife, hey, meet me at uh, Garcia's and let's go eat real quick, and then let's head back over to the – we've got basketball, whatever. And we're all in there just hanging out and, and having, a, having a great time. Friday nights, you know – What's it going to look like? Offense, defense, don't give out too much of your details because we want to we wanna beat those teams. But, you know, what, what does Friday night look like? And, you know, what do you know about the district we're, we're heading into? Yeah, I know a lot about it because <laughs> the last game I played, uh, if my quarterback doesn't get hurt, 
uh, Austin Westlake does not beat us back in December. We beat them by 17 points. I'll tell Todd when I see him that. But uh, it's uh, Austin Westlake and Lake Travis, they're giants. But our kids need to see that. You know, I, I remember at the beginning of Geyer, I was scheduling Cedar Hill and Allen and DeSoto because I wanted our kids, to, one, to be in failure, understand how to handle failure, but also to see what it looks like to be a championship program because those guys were there and there's no question. And, and I'm, I'm excited about being in the district because guys like Hank Carter and Todd Dodge, I'm still trying to learn. So I can't wait to dive into their film and, and be around their coaching styles, you know, up close. And, and, and the rest of the district, I don't know a whole lot about. You know, I, I'm still trying to figure out. I'm watching film, you know, on Hayes and, and the other Austin schools in Del Valley. So uh, that's part of my learning curve is figuring out what they are. But what we're going to look like on a Friday night, what's going to be different, I'll start with offense because that's my expertise, right? We're going to be we're going to be a lot we're going to be multi-formational. We're going to be all over the place. I told our kids mostly most teams need 11 starters. I need 17 starters. I need multiple receivers. I need multiple running backs, multiple tight ends. We're going to play an in-your-face kind of football, you know. And I, and I told them we're going to run the football. I've never I've never not been able to run the football in 26 years of coaching. Um, now we do throw it. We're not just a boring running team. My quarterback threw for 3,000 last year. My son threw for 3,500. But the whole time. We were running the football, and it's going to be a – it's a brand of football that most people aren't used to because in the spread world, you know, in the multi – they're not used to it, so they're not used to getting um, – hitting the mouth for, for four quarters. And, and they're good for about a quarter and a half, then they get sick of it. And, and the San Marcos football is going to go for four quarters hitting you in the mouth, and, and, you, and you're either going to – it's either going to be a fun game to watch or we're going to, we're going to wear you down. And then defensively, same type of – you know, it, our, our offense has got to match our defense. We're going to fly around and – when I say we're going to be a tough brand of football, I don't know how long it's going to take us to get there. And I've talked to the leaders like Cannon Webb on, and, and Q. Some of these names, I don't know. I just got, I got nicknames already. Uh, but we're going to have, they're, going to have to be, they're going to have to set the tone for this physicality. You know? And I can talk it, and I can walk it, and I can show them. I've already, got, I've already put the Geyer video on their, on their video, so they, they can watch all 16 games last year just to see what kind of brand of football is coming. So they got a visual. So when we start talking it, when we get them, They've actually seen what I'm talking about. So um, we're already trying to do it through the computers, and uh, we'll be glad to get face-to-face when it's time. Before we went on air about using a drone even. So talk a little bit about that. The drone, we, you know, I, I, you talked about access to the colleges, and they've really incorporated the drone into filming. So for the summer workouts, we'll, we'll be drill, we'll, that drone will be going around just filming individual drills. And it's instant feedback for kids. You know, we're talking about coming to balance and uh, stepping a certain way, and you can see your body kind of getting off balance. Well, we'll put this drone on their huddle, this the, the video we capture on the huddle, and say, and, and with little with little points, hey, look, you know, your your shoulders are way over your feet right here. You know, so, and the drone captures everything at great angles. And then when we come to when we go to football practice, we we do all our wide copies out of drone, just because the the angles are. I mean, it's just it's top notch and. Uh, it's the best in the world as far as football filming. And the thing is, is you can purchase drones cheaper than you can purchase the video equipment they're selling out there right now. Because from an from a admin, uh, from administration, you're thinking, man, what are we, we're kind of doing something a little too much. But it's really, it's really more cost effective to use the drones. Um, and and it's, been a great, it's been a great tool for us for teaching. All right, Coach, if you could have dinner with any three people, dead or alive, who would they be and why? Ooh. Okay, so I'm going to start not too important, you know. Uh, now, I'm a minus family, okay, because I get to eat with them all the time, all right? Uh, so I, I always say if I could eat dinner with anybody, I'm a movie guy. I'm a movie buff. So Denzel Washington first. I, I, can't, I cannot miss a movie. 
uh, that he that he's that, that he's in, uh, and he's, he has great quotes. I actually use quotes all the time from him. He speaks at commencement uh, all the time. So, uh, all right, get off movies. Let's go to the football world. I'm fascinated with Mac Brown. I got a great Mac Brown story. I was a young coach. Um, I was a young coach, um, and I was a nobody. I was 24 years old. He was recruiting a kid in Brownwood. I met him on the field, and that was it. And then that same June, we are in San Angelo at a coaching clinic, and he's walking down the hall, and I'm walking with a buddy. And uh, I kind of make on that night. I just go, hey, coach. And he says, how you doing, Coach Walsh? And I went, wait a minute, that guy just said my name, you know. He just said my name. So from that moment on, I knew knowing people's names was important because it how it affected me. So I would, Mac, Mac Brown would be a guy I want to talk to. And then let's talk, let's think about the political world or more important world. Uh, you know, I'm not a politician at all, but there was something about, it's probably because of movies, and my dad watched the Westerns, probably Ronald Reagan. Uh, uh, he, was, he was someone in the politics that, I, that was always intriguing, but uh, yeah, Denzel for sure. So you have Denzel, Mac Brown, and Ronald Reagan. Where are you eating? Garcia's. I'll tell you why Garcia's, because uh, their connection where I'm coming from. Uh, uh, one of our best basketball players at Geyer High School his, I, don't, I think it's their grandson played uh, at Geyer, so um, I didn't even eat there yet, but I can't wait. I, 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 I keep saying Garcia's is because I asked the team, you know, where do I eat? And, man, they, the first all I kept hearing was, Garcia's, Garcia's, Garcia's. I said, all right. And they're closed down this week, so dadgummit. I am interested to know your favorite teams, you know, uh, NFL, college, you know, MLB, NBA. Do you, what sports do you watch? Okay, so – I'm a Cowboy fan, and, and it's been hard times, I know, but I'm, I'm definitely a Cowboy fan, uh, and I have been forever. I, I was a Cowboy fan when we were still moving around places. Um, NBA, I don't have a – I'm more of a college basketball guy, and I love Coach K. I love watching Duke. I love everything about their how, how they structure their, their programs. But NBA, I'm kind of a – speaking of MJ earlier, I'm kind of a um, – I, I love greatness. I love watching greatness. So – I jump on the bandwagon. I, I jumped on the Spurs with Tim Duncan and, and Parker when they were rolling, you know. And then, so right now, I just love watching the greatness of LeBron James. I hope when they come back that he gets to win their title. And um, I was I was a Bulls fan with Jordan, so I'm kind of a bandwagon on NBA. I like I like greatness. Locally, I was a Texas Ranger fan. Another hard time ball club to be a part of because we just didn't make it. We don't we don't ever get to the to the top. Uh, college football, that's real easy. I'm Oklahoma State till I die. They pay for my son's college. Uh, he played quarterback there. I got half my half my closet's orange. Uh, I'm a big fan of Coach Gundy and what they do. So, uh, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't I don't watch hockey. I better be a is it Blackhawks that Cardona likes, Mr. Cardona? Yeah, I better jump on a, I better jump on something he likes. I'll be a Blackhawk fan then. <laughs> yeah. Talk a little bit about that. You know, having a superintendent like Mr. Cardona, you know, James and I have had the pleasure of working with him uh, the past few years and, you know, great leader. But what have you uh, learned from him in these in the week and a half? And how's that relationship? Yeah. So, you know, that when I was down here and then uh, and we interviewed and I got to meet him for the first time, um, I'm I'm huge on leadership. I'm huge on leadership style. And if I can't grow uh, working with somebody, you know, whether it's authority or not authority, then that's, I'm really not interested, you know. And just the immediate impact I had with him 
on his relationship building skills that I think is important. Um, I can, you could tell from the very beginning he was a strong leader. He, you can just tell things like, all right, this guy can make strong decisions. He's, not, he's got some courage behind his leadership, uh, and he articulates it well. Uh, like I said, it's, it's been, it hasn't been long, you know, but I can tell that I'm going to be able to learn some leadership. My leadership will be better when, I, when, when either I leave first or Mr. Cardona leaves first. Uh, and that was important to me. And when I met him, uh, and it, that, that, was the, that was it, man. I was, I was sold because I said, I, you know, I can grow under, under, under Mr. Cardona. Did you always envision being a head coach or, you know, growing up, who are some of your role models? Who's your current role model? And, you know, what, what did you see yourself doing? Yeah, so up? like I said, it was sports or coaching was always kind of in the, in the forefront. Um, in growing up, you know, I think right now, if, if, you, if, I had to, if I could just follow somebody around to be Dabo Sweeney, you know, because I think he does things right, and he's a, he's a kid magnet. He's a, he's a national magnet. Everybody wants to know what he's doing. So uh, he, he's somebody that I, that, that I would say I, I kind of look at when I'm looking for, um, all right, how am I going to talk to the team about this scenario? You know, let me read some Dabo, you know. And, uh, and, and that's, that's been really, really helpful to me. So, but I've always, I think I've always wanted to be a coach uh, just because of the love of the game and the love of the people. And, and that's got me. And, you know, I really wasn't thinking about being a football coach at first. When you grew up in Merkel, we weren't very good in football. I never made a playoff. I never, I never held a goal ball up in high school. I didn't know what it was. Uh, but we held a bunch up in basketball and we could, and, and we could hoop, you know. And so I always, when I first got into it, even though I was playing college football, I thought I wanted to be a head basketball coach. My first job was in Brownwood, and that's uh, Gordon Wood. I'm looking about Gordon Wood. He's one of the most winningest coaches in the history. He was the most winning. Um, and if you didn't like football, if you were a non-football first guy in Brownwood, you didn't last there. So I was just converted to football, and and uh, and I loved football. But it was uh, I actually bought a house. I was crazy. Gordon Wood lived on one, my left side. I bought a house in between Gordon Wood and Moore Southall, two of the most legendary coaches in Texas. And I was like, I was a 28-year-old offensive coordinator when I did it. So I remember used, if we lost a game, I would open the door and just to see if either looked to the left and right, see if either one were out in the yard and I'd run to my car and get out of there. <laughs> All right, coach, we're going to play a this or that game that we call 30-second blitz. You're going to be given options and you're going to choose one. Mexican or seafood? Uh, seafood. Well done or rare? Uh, Man, medium rare. <laughs> Crew socks or no shows? No shows. Beach or water park? Beach. Android or Apple? Apple. Allen Iverson or Tim Hardaway? Uh, Hardaway. He liked to practice. <laughs> College or NFL? College. Netflix or Disney Plus? I've learned Netflix. Remember the Titans or Equalizer? Uh, Denzel Washington's equalizer, right? And remember the Titans. Oh, he's in both. That's right. Duh. Yeah. Uh, it's, you got me there. Uh, I'm an action guy. I like shoot him up equalizer. Right. I get enough football at home at, at work, right? Coach Walsh, are there any last thoughts that you'd like to leave the listeners with? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm on my honeymoon right now, so I'm just kind of trying to figure everything out. But, uh, uh, everybody's going to keep hearing me talk about the speed of trust. I, we talked about it earlier. Uh, if you're a parent, if you're a grandparent, if you're just a business owner, uh, whatever, whatever faction you are in San Marcos, the city of San Marcos, uh, make Rattler Athletics part of, your, uh, part of your weekly entertainment. And, and the more support we get, the faster the results will be fun to watch. Uh, the slower the support, the slower the results are going to be. It takes, 
to do it, you know, I, I keep bringing up the one horse town. For the one horse town to do it right, uh, you know, I've been through the Alitos. You know, I've played Alito. I've seen what those stadiums look like when you go play. Uh, and to get this stadium looking like it needs to look like on a Friday night or a Rattler gym that look like it's supposed to look like on a, on a, on a Tuesday or Friday night, it's going to take the city of San Marcos, not just a few. And, and, and I'm going to keep I'm going to keep beating that drum and I'm going to whatever whatever uh, social event I can be at, I'm going to I'm going to talk it and try to meet as many people as I can uh, just to make this thing a, um, a fun place for Tuesday and Friday nights to be a fun place to be over here at San Marcos High School. Coach, thank you for taking the time to do this Rattler Roundtable episode with us. We greatly appreciate it. We appreciate it. Thank you, man. Appreciate being here. Thank you. And that's it for this week's episode. Download the SMCIST app to make sure that you never miss out on another second of our district podcast. Bye for now, and thanks so much for listening.